Hello and welcome to the latest Forever Blue podcast. Uh, my name is Ian Cheeseman. It's a weekly podcast which is dedicated to all things Manchester City. There are loads of old podcasts in this series if you want to go back and listen to them with an array of different special guests that we've had on. Um, and I urge you to go back and have a listen to them. They're housed on SoundCloud, but you'll find them on iTunes. You'll find them on Spotify and any other place where you look for uh, podcasts. So, uh, you know, go and have a look at them if you like. Uh, this one is sponsored by Howard Solicitors, who are based in Stockport, Ashton and Cheshire. They specialise in family law. So if you're going through a separation or having problems with access to your children or with social services, give them a call 0161 872 9999. Or you can email law at howardsolicitors.com or have a look at the website howardsolicitors.com. And you don't have to be in Greater Manchester or Stockport or Cheshire. You can contact them and Tell them that you heard about them on the Forever Blue podcast, and I'm sure they'll do everything everything they can to try and help you. Uh, now, my special guest today is a former City uh, winger, goal scorer, striker, uh, came through the youth team and was a, one of the best players I've ever seen pull on the blue shirt. Uh, and he's a pal of mine as well, David White. So, David, thanks very much for being our special guest. Really appreciate it. No problem. I also you. got uh, two of our regulars from the Ferro Blue podcast team. Uh, they are Adam, um, who uh, originally was on City Matters, but has become a friend too as well now and a regular on the podcast. And I have to give a, a special build-up today to Harlan because yesterday at the game against Newcastle, uh, I was invited into a private box by a gentleman called Robert who wanted to be very low profile so he doesn't appear on my vlog and... I don't even know his surname, if I'm being honest, but he invited me and a lot of other people to remember Colin Bell. And if you're at the match, or perhaps you just caught a flash of it on the TV, uh, me and a few other people waddled onto the pitch wearing Colin Bell shirts, uh, went out to the centre circle, had our picture taken. And in the build-up to the game, we were taken on a tour of the CFA. We went to the new TV studio that they have, the City TV studio. Um, we had a... a tour around the stadium anyway, went in the dressing room, all that sort of stuff. And it was a really special day. And because I knew that there might be a limit on what I could put on my vlog, which I do at every game, uh, and of course, I wanted to try to enjoy it a little bit, I asked Harlan, who's a regular contributor to the vlog anyway, and also to the podcast, if he would be me for the day, so to speak. Um, so, he, and he was, and he went and interviewed fans before and afterwards. And if you watch the Match Day vlog, you will see that it's a combination of me and Harlan that do it together. I am forever in your debt, Harlan, and I've seen a lot of very positive comments uh, about your contribution. I hope you don't think you're going to take over just yet, but but thanks for doing what you did. It was uh, it was good. I'm sure that we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the experience. I mean, it was nice to speak to... So some regulars as well, some close friends of the pod and friends of yours that you've met over the years, like Eddie Sparrow as well. Big shout out to him. It was obviously his birthday, 65, of course. So massive, massive birthday celebrations for him. Um, to speak to Gaynor as well, of course, who, who brought, her, um, brought a family member with her, a young family member as well. And for those that have watched the vlog, um, a lot of positivity as well on the vlog, as, as usual, really, which is, which is really good. Um, and it was it was a different experience. I definitely appreciate what it must be like now to do a full match day vlog and how hard it is sometimes to get people to contribute. Not because people don't want to contribute, just because not everybody's as confident as maybe we are to go on camera and talk or to do stuff that will then go in the public domain. So thanks to everyone that contributed to the vlog. 
Uh, but I can understand that it isn't for everybody. And um, for those that said no politely, um, maybe we'll, we'll 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 get you on later down the line. Absolutely. Well, thank you for doing it. And obviously, the vlog has always made much easier for me because of the fantastic former players uh, that we have, like David, who never says no. And David, along with plenty of other former players, were at Eddie Sparrow's. Uh, fundraising event on Friday night in, in Audenshaw, which was a great night. And Eddie does great work, David, doesn't he, for people who are City fans uh, and ex-players and everybody. Once they've passed away, he has a memorial site on a Facebook page and he gets stuff signed, raises money through his charity to try and support people who are less fortunate. And I know you were delighted to be there on Friday night, David. It's. Um, I've known Eddie for for a few years, and I've done maybe times. It, it's always at uh, over at the Premier Lounge or, or a great venue. Um, it's always a great night, but just just it's like almost like being at a game, isn't it? It's uh, you know the, it's just well, it's probably 150 or so was in there. It's they're all blues, obviously, all having a, a, a beer and a, and a celebration, and it and it's nice as an ex player to. Um, to kind of get the appreciation you get by by going along there, and uh, I think obviously you did an interview with me, and, it, and it's um, and just to talk about the memories, talk about the games, and uh, and know that the the games you're talking about, a lot of these guys were, were at them, and, and they were um, sort of really big events in their life, and and, it, and it's it's so nice to been able to contribute in that way, if you like. So it, it was a great hang, as I said, and it, it, it's. Um, Tyler's work he does it and um, uh, the the video uh, he showed at the start of the evening was probably five minutes longer and and it was um, it was basically just a uh, almost a, a PowerPoint of probably about a hundred uh, organisations that he's been able to help over the last few years. Uh, he's made several several tens of thousands of pounds, I would guess, and. Um, and, it, and it, it's brilliant and, and, uh, and it's nice to be able to support such a thing, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, Jim, uh, sorry, Jeff Whitley was there, not Jim Whitley, Jeff Whitley. And I, I spoke to him on the microphone and he did say at one point, I can't imagine in years to come, that the modern footballers will be attending functions like this. And he wasn't, you know, having a go and none of us are having a go, but the world has moved on. Football has moved on from when you played, David, to these players who were you know, earning, um, you know, as much in a, in a week in some cases that, that, that you know, players were, were bought and sold for back in your day. I mean, I can't remember who it was who said now 350000 was a fee that was paid and uh, that, that's somebody's wages these days. The whole football yeah. world has moved on, hasn't it? Unrecognisable. Brian, Brian Horton said that, and I think it was about Uwe, he, he paid three hundred and fifty grand for, for, uh, for Uwe. Um, and yeah, I, I'm not so sure it's really about that. You know, I think it, it's um, obviously you know we talked about the, the Premier League before we came came to air there, um, and we're going to talk about it again late, later on. It's you know the Premier League; it, it, it is a different animal. Um, we've got you know many foreign players. We you know we often when when we talk about my era we you know we talk about the 86 FA Youth winning team so many local players playing and, and obviously myself and Brighty and Lakey were, were all there the other night and we're uh, and the guys have um, even even from that group the guys did um, 
uh, a Zoom call actually last Sunday, pretty much this time last Sunday. Um, and you've got three of them in America. So Ian Scott's in America, Dave Boyd's in America, Jason Beckford's in America, Stevie Mills is in South Africa. And, you know, and these are pretty, you know, pretty much local lads, really. Um, uh, now you've also got players that are coming in from up countries all, all over the world. So you're not necessarily going to then settle in Manchester. And, and so you've got that, that kind of difficulty. So, um, you know, you you get the likes of Joe. I mean, Joe Corrigan is an absolute legend. Forget, you know, Ed, Edison. You know, Joe Corrigan has played over 600 times for this, this football club. He turned up the other night. It's because he's, he's local and he can't. I'm sure the, these players, well, you know, whatever, I don't, I don't really think there's anything to do with that. It's the fact that, you know, Edison, when he finishes playing, will probably end up back in, in Brazil, won't he? So he won't be able, won't be able to attend. But it's, it, it's um, just right. It's uh, unlikely to be able to be the same in the future. But I, I don't think it's because the players won't or the money they are. I think it's just where the locality. And it was great to see... Uh, Eddie McGoldrick was there the other day and he, I think he'd come, come up from London especially to do the event and went to the games, the guests of the club. So that's, that's brilliant to see too. Absolutely. And, and I mean, while we're on that subject of the way that the Premier League has changed, I think I saw a statistic only today that um, since Brexit's happened, there are less European players coming into the Premier League, uh, uh, but there are a bigger number of foreigners coming from outside of Europe and that we're down to something like 32% now of the players who appear in the Premier League qualify to play for England. I'll ask all of you about that, but you, David, first of all, does that matter? I mean, the product on the pitch is second to none. The Premier League is the number one football league in the world, but it doesn't have as many English players in it as it once did. Does that matter? I don't think it does, in all honesty. We, you know, we, when if, if what you're going for is is the best product in, in the world, we've definitely got that. And to get that, you, you can't do that by just saying we, we want the best product in the world and everybody's got to be interested because you're not going to get the best product in the world. That's that's just the way it is. So, um, no, I would I would say it doesn't matter. You know, I, I think uh, the players that come in, that I think they do in general embrace living over here and be you know becoming a, a real part of it and we have to look at the the premier league and the english national team or the scottish national team or the welsh player as you know two completely different different animals the, the premier league is um without a doubt has, has become fantastic um and we we want to see the best players in the world coming here and performing in that league and i think that's that's what we get it um you know whether that's uh, in many ways, to fact, does it does it make a difference? I don't know. Um, you know, if we we go back 20, 30 years, probably near thirty to my time, and the, the football is an awful lot different. Um, whether the fans, um, you know, enjoyed it more then or enjoy enjoy it more now, it's a completely different game. Definitely say that. Uh, I, you know, I really don't know whether whether you know the after really speak to the, the, the man on the street, the, the fans that are in the, in the stadium. But um, overall, to, to get the best product, um, you have to get the best people in the world to come and play it. And I think that's what the Premier League has done. Uh, and we do have a fantastic product at the moment, for sure. 
we could even localize it more and say, look at the reaction that City fans gave when Phil Foden scored that great goal against Newcastle uh, yesterday as we're recording this. Uh, because he's, he's a City fan and he's from the area, uh, that made it even more special. But I could see Adam... Um, we'll talk to Adam next because we haven't heard from him yet. Um, you know, sort of shaking your head a little bit. What does it make a difference to you where, where the players come from? Yeah, to me it does. Um, I mean, I agree that the you know the product now is is the top of the line. You know, we've got the best players in the world coming, and and, and the football now is is it is a different sport from what it used to be. But to me, that you know, that the five one will always be better than the six one because of the because of the the boys we had in the team. You know, and uh, David's one of those boys that. You know, city fans will will look will love a city fan. It's simple as that. So as much as we as much as we can love a De Bruyne or whoever coming in, uh, you know, to me that you know there's a Lakey and a and a and a David and a and a, a Peter Barnes or whatever. They they Phil Foden. They will always they will always be the players that mean the most to me, and it means more to me. Harlan, yeah, um, it, it's one of them, isn't it? Really, because you look at like Vincent Company, for example. Um, coming here, moving here as a an unknown quantity to many people. You know, I remember seeing him linked with United for years. Um, you know, when he was a, a youngster at Anderlecht and then he moved to Hamburg and he was going to move to United at one stage. So was Gundogan, really, if you think about it. Um, or so it was rumoured. Uh, we signed Vinny, he came here, like I said, as a central midfielder, unknown quantity. Didn't really look great in his first couple of games for us, if I remember rightly. And then he was, he's, you know, he was converted you know, to a centre-half by, by Mark Hughes, um, you know, a, a Manchester United man by his own rights. Um, and Mark Hughes helped provide us with Captain Fantastic and probably one of the best leaders that we'll ever have at City. And the way he came over and bedded down in Manchester, the way that he he obviously, um, you know, kind of began to love the City and really invest his time into the City, meeting Carla, his other half, and obviously... Um, you know, her family are obviously Reds and, and and kind of studying in Manchester and learning the heritage and becoming a Mancunian by, um, you know, by his... Becoming a Mancunian by his own investment means that he he is an honorary Mancunian. You know, you also look at, um, you know, Bernardo Silva now, the documentaries that City have done with, with him and his girlfriend walking his dog, John, um, and you look at how they speak about the city and how much time they invest in in the city and in, in living in the city. And then, you know, you, you just look at Zabaleta, for example, a guy that talks about Manchester like it's his, his birthplace, um, loves the fans. And from that perspective, players can come over and either just play here like Nolito did and then complain about the fact that, you know, his daughter had, uh, had changed in complexion because it was like she was living in a cave and them kinds of statements. To, to, to the kinds of behaviour that the likes of Zabba, Vinny, Bernardo and, and other players elicit when, when they're here. And I think that, you know, it all comes down to character. You know, I'm not saying Nelito's not a good character. I don't know the guy personally. Don't know any of them personally, really. But it comes down to what, what, who they are as people and what they want from their football careers. They just want to go and be journeymen, play in a certain, you know, team or play at a certain club for a duration of three or four years. Not really go out in the city and, 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 and embrace the fans um, and then move on and become a player somewhere else and just be liked by many sets of fans? Or do they actually want to become honorary fans of a certain club or certain community? And I think that certain players do do that. But I get where Adam is coming from in the sense that maybe at academy level, the top clubs, 
you know, even the Uniteds that have been renowned for, for churning out good, good, good academy talent over the years, maybe aren't, aren't giving enough young English lads. And if I'm honest with you, this is a debate that's close to my heart as well. Enough um, Asian lads and girls as well. Um, that that you know, I've, I've known a lot of good friends of mine that are of Pakistani uh, orientation uh, that have that have come, um, you know, from from Pakistani heritage or from an Arabic heritage that I grew up with. That that I look at sometimes and think, wow, with the talent you you have had over the years and the talent you've got now, even at 28, you you probably could have gone pro had our scouting been a bit more fair. Or had there not have been a bit of um, racial bias in our system over the years, if I can go that far. So that's another thing as well. Maybe maybe we've not been been, been, been fair enough over the years in that sense. But yeah, look, end of the day, if the players invest in your town and city and invest in, 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 in us fans, I'm, I'm not really too fussed. Tribalism, of course, in football is a big thing. I mean, because you're... Uh, you know, Mancunian, David, and a City fan all your life through your dad, etc. Um, you know, you, you're beloved, but it's funny because at the do on Friday night when you were speaking at one point, somebody shouted out, eh, you played for Leeds as well. <laughs> so, what, you know, when you played for Leeds and when you go elsewhere, is that different? Does that feel different? And does that give you an insight as to what it's like when somebody who's not a Mancunian comes to play for City? Uh, it's it's a really odd one because um, kind of when I, I guess when I wrote my book, my book was always about, always about um, Shades of Blue being my time as a City fan and my time as a City player, and then I kind of I, did, I didn't I wouldn't say I left City under a cloud or anything like that. It was just a difficult time. Um, I was really struggling with the way the club was at the time because I was so invested in the club, you know, from being a baby, really, from being a six, seven, and, you know, certainly from, you know, um, you know, from being at Wembley in 76, I, you know, I was a, you know, I was a kid and I was, I'd been a fan from that day and then I was a player and I, I thought the whole, the whole place was, in a in a mess in a, and and um, so when I left the club, I, I definitely got I, 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 quite an extensive period of time where I fell out of love with the football club, um, and because I knew I, I could see where it was going, I knew where it was going, and we so from being um, I think 91, 91, 92, we finished fifth. It was twenty years before we finished fifth again. 20 years and I knew see I was right in the middle of it I was more than anybody um, probably me and Wrighty were more than anybody in the middle of that, of that storm if you like and then you've got to um, kind of take a view on your own professional position as well and, and so I went to Leeds and then, you, then you're a Leeds person aren't you you know as much as I was still, I, when I went to Leeds, I, I did stop being kind of City fan. It, it's really, really difficult probably for City fans to hear that, but I've got to sit here and be honest. It, it was... Um, so you, you have to then commit yourself to another football club and you can't pick and choose which football club you go to. You know, it could have been Aston Villa, it could have been Blackburn. You know, at the time, there were, there were other... Not, I wouldn't say options that would necessarily put to me, but certainly options I've kind of read about. And, and 
Joe Leeds probably wasn't preferable in terms of um, Yorkshire rival, but you go there and suddenly, and then you're a, you stop being, I guess you stop being a fan, you're just then professional and you're, you're a, you know, you're a Leeds footballer. Um, I'd have to say when I went to Leeds, the whole thing immediately felt a lot more professional. Everything about Leeds at that time felt a lot more professional than than Man City did. Um, and, you know, therein were, were the issues at, at Main Road, if you like. Um, I spoke the other night at the do, and, you know, I've left this with 96 goals. I'm not even sure I knew. I'm not even sure I knew. Um, and obviously, I'm sat here now, scored 96 and not scored 100. And it, it's not a day goes by where I, I don't hate myself for it. I, it you know, it, it's who have scored 100 goals for. You know the the club I absolutely love, and 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 you know, I'm, you know, I, I to be only a few behind Dennis, and and is I, I genuinely genuinely find it madness that I, I did that, but that was where I was, you know, at, at that time in my life. It was, um, and, and it, you've got to cut yourself some slack there, David. You're you're professional. You were trying to do the best. For no, yourself. no, no. But it's I, again, the same I'm just, as just being a fan. We can we can all say, "Oh, David White, you should have stayed at City and scored 100 goals." That's easy for us because we're we're just in the stands wanting to see you in a blue shirt. But you've got to you've got to do your best as a professional. It's not it's not the same uh, it's not the same outlook from a fan as from a, from a professional player. No, say. no, and I understand that. I mean, I mean, I appreciate, it, but I'm, I think it, I, I find it important when I go to these events that I tell people, you know, that I'm up to that. Um, and you know, tell you that I was quite when I said that in front of 150 people, I, I get quite emotional because it does. I do find it, and that's how because that's how important it is. But you get these periods that you, uh, when you're a city fan and you you don't have the the experience of being a player, and and it's a completely different thing than when you're a player. It's you, you're you're uh, you're in a completely different set of circumstances. And and certainly as a as a fan, and then you're a player, um, it, it it is it becomes completely different. The, the the dynamics with you, you know, your family who are coming to watch you play, you know, and, and suddenly you're you're right in the middle, of, and and it, it's the whole thing becomes completely different. Your emotions are, are completely different. But I just think it's important that I say to people that uh, the the fact that I didn't, the fact that I, I'm, I haven't got hundred goals behind my name for City. I'm, I'm, I'm amazingly proud that it's ninety six. But if it was three figures, it would just be for me. It'd be unbelievable. You know, you look at um, like say the likes of Dennis and, and Colin. Colin scored, I think, fifty eight. But uh, it's it, it, it would have been massive for me. And I, and I can't believe the emotional place I must have been in in 93 to have made that decision. Really well I, documented what you've been through, David. And uh, well, you know, you, you've had a lot of things to juggle in your life, haven't you? Well, yeah, but it, it's uh, even so at that moment in time, I don't think any of that had anything to do with that. It, it was just... Can I, can I chime in one extra thing there? Just, just as a as a fact from a fan's perspective, David, I'll tell you when you played for England, I felt me personally, I felt a 
sense of pride uh-huh. that you play for England. Uh-huh. You're one of our you're one of our boys in a way that you know. Let's say Foden. I mean, let's say Jack Grealish or something. If England go on and win the World Cup and he wins the World Cup, I'd be pleased for him. But I won't feel uh, a personal sense of city pride like yeah, I did yeah. when you played for England for the first player we'd had in God twenty years or something. Maybe I don't know. But that that meant more to me than than any. Uh, you know, non non city fan, non Mancunian city city player playing for England does nowadays. So that's no, that, and that's lovely for you saying. I appreciate it. But uh, it's um, Ian asked me a question at the do the other day. Was just um, you know what what are your special memories and, and they're easy to. Uh, my my special memories were, were every progression, every every debut I made. Um, and people say, how oh, do you remember that? And I, I remember it. Oh, bloody important to me. And, and, that, and I can't sum it up any more than that. I, I, I remember it because, it, yeah, and the only the one thing I didn't say, you know, the, you know, the day as a 10-year-old or 11-year-old kid, I was told, if the team associated with City want you to play for them. It's the, you know, despite the, where that message came from and the person, the horrible person that message came from is it's the most important thing. The, you know, when you get a moment in your life where your body's just, oh my God, I can't believe this. That was, you know, to be told, an 11 year old kid, Man City's uni team won't play for me. Absolutely magical. Um, and it, and it's, it's then just amazing, you know, the other night just, because, Realise when you're playing, I don't think how, how important football is to you guys and, and to the the fans. And then you think, oh, well, that's what it was like for me. That's what it was like for me. And you going to Wembley in '76 and going going to um, Goodison and Villa Park and Wembley in, in '81 and, and all those special moments with Trevor Francis and Gary Gowan, Bobby McDonald, and Tommy Hutchinson and, and all you know. It was absolutely magical. And then when you play it, you kind of, you, it's easy to forget all of that. Um, but absolutely amazing when you go back and, and uh, I went over to Ireland um, probably three or four months ago to, to the sports club over there. Um, went to a, in a hotel and, I, and the dude was, uh, I hadn't met anybody, the dude was say half seven. Um, and I went to the bar about 20 past seven, the block came to me and he said, um, he said, you remember me, my favourite player ever. And I thought, this is madness. You, <laughs> like, David Silver's playing for City. Barrow's playing for City. Vincent Company's playing for City. I don't care. Said, you, you, it's you. And then the next guy came and he said the same thing. And I thought, is something wiping me up here? But it, it's a moment in time, I, I think, you know, you you have your favourite players when you're at a, a certain age, and 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 um, and it's and it's right. The the homegrown players, I think they do mean more. They probably take a bit more grief. Probably use them a, a bit more than they should. But where, when you can bring the player through, um, and that player can have success, it, it, it is a pretty beautiful thing. And, and at the minute, with um, with Phil Foden, oh my God! We, you know this this guy can be the best player in the world without any any doubt. Not far off. 
Freddie. Very emotional, David, sharing that with us. Um, Harlan. Yeah, David, on, on, on what you just said um, a minute ago regarding, like, when you move to Leeds. So, like, for example, the big one at the moment is Vinny coming back with Burnley. And obviously the fans are massively pleased about Vinny coming back and Captain Fantastic and that goal against Leicester and, and, and being at the club for so long. But he's coming back as Burnley manager now, isn't he? And they're on a title charge in the championship. And he'll want to win the FA Cup much more for Burnley than he'll want City to win it this year, regardless of his allegiance to the club. He's now Burnley manager. So based on what you shared with us then, Vincent Company is not going to be thinking about City in a positive way, as much as he'll be thinking about Burnley in a positive way going into that game, is he? He is almost as much right now a Burnley fan. There's a, there's a City part in his in his every body now, and there always will be. But right now he's Burnley manager, and he wants the best for Burnley more than he does for City. Yeah, of course he does, and and um, and he'll come back and he'll he'll get an unbelievable reception. Um, I, when I first came back with that. I can't remember. The, I went to Leeds. We finished. Um, I finished fifth and fifth twice in the Premier League with City, and then we finished ninth. Then I went to Leeds, and I finished fifth. I finished fifth four times in the Premier League. When we came back with Leeds, it, it was. Um, I, I had no idea what reception I was going to get. I, I really didn't know, and I got the coach, and it was um, the first. The first word I heard was Judas. It was due trade to Judas, and, and but I thought, oh my god, right, okay. Um, and then got on the pitch, and the and I was number four, and when I went to Leeds, so I was announcing the team pretty early on, and I was nervous. I didn't know what it was going to be, and um, and they said number four, David, and the whole crowd just stood up. Uh, I got the most incredible ovation. It, it was absolutely unbelievable. Um, right, you want to you you want to win the game. You, you know that's that kind of um, love for City doesn't go, but you're a, you're a professional and you're playing for Leeds, and 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 that's what um, Vincent will be like. It, clearly, from from his point of view, you know it's going he'd have to have to take something ridiculous for City fans to. To lose the love for uh, for Vincent Company, wouldn't it? And uh, and it isn't going to be him coming to the Etihad and beating us in the in the FA Cup. It, you know, it, it needs to be something a lot more significant than, than that. You you know, this is this is way football. But very very few players start at one club, remain at one club, and come that's it. Very few players become um, sort of heroes at several clubs. It happens from time to time, but. You know, you, you've always got. I was at, I was at Manchester, I was at Leeds, I was at Sheffield United. Nobody from, nobody from Sheffield United ever rings me. No, you know, no club official ever rings me or invites me. Nobody from Leeds ever rings me or invites me or, but because I'm, I'm Man City. That's that's kind of what I am. Um, and so, much I love my time at Leeds. It was great. Um, the, the people there were brilliant. The players were fantastic. I I, I learned a lot in terms of, um, you know, Gary McAllister, fantastic, unbelievable footballer, uh, Gordon Strack, Gary Speed, fantastic person, great friend of mine. I I, I roomed him for all the time. I was I was there, um, and, it, and it was a great football club. 
But ultimately, you know, you you miss the club that you love, and that and that that was always City, and I was really. Yeah, the re- the reason why I asked David is just because obviously at the moment we. <laughs> Listen, I, I remember saying to a good friend of mine, Danny, I'd, I'd do a radio show with him, and I said to Danny, I said, look, if we were in a title race with Arsenal every year, I'd like it, because I, I grew up watching Arsenal. Obviously, I'm a City fan, grew up watching City. Us beating Arsenal was was something that, you know, we didn't do much. Um, Love the Invincibles. Uh, would have been about nine or ten when the Invincibles won the league, maybe 11. Um, and, and I remember watching them, and I, I like Arsenal as, as, as a team. I know never want to... Like just change that because we're in a title race with them. I feel like the media drove the Liverpool rivalry because of the bus and everything. And I never wanted. I don't want to become bitter towards Arsenal. Now at the end of the day, they're there to compete for a league title, and because they're competing with us, there's a lot of City fans now that have now swung that that hatred from from Liverpool to Arsenal simply because Arsenal are competing. Yeah. And now that vitriol is now being thrown at Arteta as if he's a Judas for now moving on. As a, as a coach and going to Arsenal as manager, and he's celebrating a, a last-minute goal on the touchline. Which was it right? Was it not to have seven minutes added on yesterday, as we're speaking on the pod? But Arteta, what's he supposed to do? Is he supposed to not celebrate that he's won and kept his side five points clear of City because he was once Pep's assistant? And the same with Vinny. You know, Neil Warnock said that um, Vincent Company's Burnley side are probably the best Championship side in the last twenty to twenty-five years. So Vinny wants to be the best manager in the division over that, that period of time. He wants his team to go to the Etihad and potentially beat City. And I think this Burnley team at the moment, with how we're playing, are a potential banana skin. They could come to the Etihad and beat us in the FA Cup. Anything can happen in the Cup. But there the, the may or may not be some fans that then think, Vinny, why have you done that to us? You can't do that to us. You know, we need to win this Cup. It's not about that football. It's a competition. Well, absolutely, and, and as I say, he's he's done amazing. I mean, the job he's done in terms of ripping up the squad and and um, getting rid of players and bringing different players in, players that a lot of players that nobody's ever heard of from the you know from um, before before the season. Absolutely incredible what he's done. But ultimately, it, it's it's relevant to him who he's going to. Go and compete with. I know it's a massive game and it, it and it's City and he's going to get a fantastic reception. But he may have felt sure from his point. He may as well be going to Leeds or Southampton or Liverpool. Even it's just a game that he's got to go and try and win. So um, I'm sure I'm sure he'd love to avoid it us and maybe met us in the final. But ultimately, he's just got to go and do a job. And I'm, I'm, and for one minute, uh, I honestly, if they come come down and beat us. If Angel treat him with massive respect, I mean, you know, he could walk around that pitch, I'm sure you would, and you'd give him a standing ovation because of um, what he did for us as a, a footballer and as a captain and, and the, the huge respect for doing what he's done so early in his career as a manager. Uh, and that, and that's the right way to be. I agree with you, Harlan, by the way. I mean, um, Arteta was always a great coach at City, a gentleman. I did have the privilege to meet him a couple of times. And Jesus and uh, Alexander Zinchenko. Uh, my wife's uh, father was Ukrainian, so I feel as if I have a little bit of a connection to him through that as well. But two wonderful players who were a big part of our success. And if they, if it is Arteta, Jesus 
and Alexander Zinchenko and Arsenal that win the league, good luck to them. And I will be very pleased for them. Of course, I want City to win the league, but, but I'm, I don't have that anger that, that some people seem to have. Um, we haven't talked much, actually, about current City, so let's sort of remedy that now. But but one thing I, I will do is, because David mentioned this before we started recording, is just to mention, obviously, that Liverpool beat United by seven goals to nil. Um, and as they do when they type it out, that's S-E-V-E-N, seven, um, just in case you think that's a one, um, which I have to say was the result I wanted. I'm not, a, I'm not a Liverpool fan by any means, but having spent my whole life really very aware of the mocking and the the banner and the, um, shall we say it politely, rivalry with Manchester United over the years, um, I can't say I ever want them to win a single game that they ever play. So seeing them get thrashed at Anfield uh, was was very nice. Um, but what, what the commentators mentioned was that Mo Salah had gone ahead of Robbie Fowler in the Premier League goal-scoring record. Um, they didn't mention Ian Rush, did they? You know, they didn't, uh, and, uh, and I know it bothers you, David, but the Premier League, it's just a title that started, I think, 1992, I'm not mistaken, when Sky took over. But, the, but football, the top division, first division and Premier League, really, it's just one thing that's continued on, isn't it? Yeah, and that's about, and I don't, I don't really have a sort of dog in the fight. Really, I, I, um, I score. You know, how many Premier League goals I scored for City? But there'll certainly be a a difference between the number of Premier League goals I scored for City, which I guess won't be probably more than fifteen, because I was only I only played in the Premier League um, for City in, in a bit. Um, but then there's kind of the three years prior to that when we were Premier League team, and I, 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 and I don't know what the numbers are, so it's not. But ultimately, this comes from um, Harry Kane at some point is will overtake Alan Shearer in terms of Premier League goals, and I'm and I'm sure, and I, and I think the number's two hundred and sixty, is it, that Alan Alan Shearer scored? Now, Alan Shearer was. A year younger than me, or, or certainly a similar age. Uh, Southampton, to my knowledge, have never, have, certainly at that time, were not out of the you know Premier. You know they were in the Premier League and in the old First Division. So Alan Shearer will have scored goals in the old First Division, and I think the number's about twenty. So in reality, Alan Shearer, he's not scored two hundred and sixty goals in the Premier League. He scored two hundred and eighty-three goals in the in the the top ten. Of English football, um, and the, and and that's what the numbers should be about. I just, I just think it's and, and I think the issue we've got is that you've got the Premier League as a brand, and you've got Sky who started with the Premier League at the same time, so the two things are completely embroiled together. Um, but it, I just find it ridiculous. I find it crazy that um, you can all the statistics we see. Uh, Seem to be about a, a product that's a, a league or a sport that's only been there for thirty years. When you know we as a football club have been there since eighteen ninety four, and these other clubs have been there since eighteen, you know better than I am, but eighteen seventies, I guess. And and uh, and I, I just find it crazy that, that we just don't say. But there's no stats out there that say actually this is the first division, 
this is now the Premier League. Let's look at all these numbers together. And as you as you say, there, there are um Ian Rush, as you say, and and, and I'm, I'm trying to think what the guy's name was at Liverpool. He, he, was it Thompson in the 70s who, who that Ian Rush had to overtake to get to get his record? It, it's uh, so that that's that's my point for debate. I agree with it. I absolutely agree with it. Um, well, City played Newcastle yesterday from where we are today. And next week, they travel to Crystal Palace. Uh, then it's the midweek game, the second leg against uh, Leipzig. That Burnley game you talked about is not too far away. I think April looks like the, the packed month, probably when the West Ham home game will get rearranged. When, assuming City get past Leipzig, the Champions League really starts to step up a gear. Potentially, there's FA Cup semi-final and final, I know they're not both in, in April, but it really does crank up. Um, Adam, I mean, in terms of where uh, how City played yesterday, you can give us your views on that and, and also where you are in terms of uh, Arsenal getting that late winner, the psychology of the Premier League title race. I'm saying now that if Liverpool had been beaten by United Old, uh, sorry, Anfield today, I would have seriously looked at them as psychologically as well as form being in the title race, but I'm, I'm not convinced now that that's the case, but I don't want to put words in your mouth, Adam. You tell me your thoughts on yesterday and City going forward. Well, see, I thought City themselves yesterday, I thought we were great. I've read in a couple of places today that we were lucky to win that game, but that's just not how I saw it at all. I thought Foden in the first 20, 30 minutes was absolutely magical. Um, and given some of the rumours that have been flying around the last couple of months and the fact that he's not played much, it's been, it's been a bit of a worry. And somebody had even said they thought he was he was close to leaving in January, but I don't even know if that's true. But to see him back the last two or three games he's been back, he's been absolutely fantastic. Um, the team themselves just seemed zippier yesterday than they've been for a few weeks. And I just feel like first green shoots, really, of this second half of the season that we always talk about where, where we're going to finally just hit our groove and go on this run, maybe, maybe this is the time when it starts to happen. And hopefully, uh, you know, we're a bit like, uh, a bit like Seb Coe, 200 metres out, and uh, Arsenal like Steve Cram, and his head's starting to wobble a bit and he's in front, but we know we've got Seb Coe's engine under the bonnet. Um, it was a big, big boost for Arsenal to get that goal yesterday. I couldn't believe it. I was watching that game. I couldn't believe 97 minutes. I don't know when we had last had seven minutes, but we were chasing a winner. The only thing I would say, and I'm sorry to interrupt your flow, is that um, I wasn't watching the game, but I was watching it on on sort of Twitter or text or something. And I do recall the bit, and this is not defending, I'm just putting the other side of the argument. Um, I saw Jeff Durbin, City's former commercial manager, doing this on Twitter today. And there was, it seems, quite a long hold-up for an injury within that injury time. So when everybody looks at uh, that it was one minute over the stoppage time, if there was a two or three minute break for an injury during that six minutes, then it would have yeah. legitimately gone on to nine. And I don't I don't yeah, personally want to sound seconds, like a... It was 30 seconds, a, Ian. It was 30 seconds, that injury. But was it? Yeah, well, that, that's fair enough, because I didn't see it. It felt it just felt it just felt like they were going to play till they scored. But anyway, they scored it. They won the game. That's fine. But that that is a big that's a big boost to them. They've done that twice now. They've done it against Villa as well. But if that's how they're going to keep getting these wins, you would hope that you know eventually they'll just come a day when they, when they don't get the win. If they'd have drawn that two two yesterday, the momentum would have been all with us. We'd, you know, we'd be two behind them with them to to come to our place. Um, 
And I just, I just feel like as long as we get our act together, which we are finally starting to show little signs of doing, we will overhaul them. There's still so long to go. The idea, you know, people are talking like there's three games to go. We, we, sh we should know better than anyone that anything can change in the last five games. So let's just play another half a dozen games and then see where we are then. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's won or lost at this point. Harlan? Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing similar. I know Adam's getting up there and the character that Arsenal have shown to not just do it, you know, like twice over a month and a half or something, to do it back-to-back -back twice to score a late winner like that. Um, that's, I mean, I remember, the, I think I remember the season, it's like 17, 18, I think we beat Southampton 2-1 at home. And I came on the vlog after it and I was like, wow, I'm absolutely whacked. I think Sterling scored. Curl one into the far post top corner, you might remember it. And it was like, it felt like we'd won 6-0. It was just the elation in that ground that night. You know, the fans put everything in. I remember it being quite, quite, um, quite ferocious, the ground that night. You know, the win against Liverpool, I know it wasn't as late, but when Sane bust the net off and it was such a big goal like that one, I'm not comparing it, but that one yesterday seemed like a huge one for them. And from a player as well that hasn't scored for Arsenal in a long time and whose career looked at Arsenal to be over in Reese Nelson. He was sent out on loan to Germany and wasn't doing anything. So I think the Arsenal fans would have been buzzing for him as well. But Arteta was there when we did that and when we scored late goals and scored match-winning goals to, to, to get us ahead in, in the title race over the years and to pull us back in 18-19 against Liverpool. And he, he must have brought that into that Arsenal changing room and said, not this is how we used to do it at City, but he, he's got Zinni in there with that experience of having done that and dug in in games. He's got Jesus, who I believe is part of the dressing room just as much injured as he isn't when he's, when he's not injured. And as you saw the embrace last week with Pep and Jesus, he's not willing them on saying, go on, win the league. What he's saying is this is, this is exciting to be in a title race with a close friend of mine, you know, two players that I love and adore, and, and a good football team. And I think that Pep appreciates the way that Arsenal are approaching the league this season and the brand of football they play as well. Um, they're a good team. And I know that there's a lot of City fans now that don't like the fact that there's another team that are rivaling us. But the, the, the point of view is that I don't want to become entitled. I don't want to become there's only one team in the league and we should win it every year because, because we're Manchester City. I, I want us to win the league every year. I don't want to become everything that we that we never wanted to become and everything that United were for years. And if that means that we're well challenged by Arsenal and we have to pip them to the post at the end of it, then so be it. But um, yeah, look, the Newcastle game was interesting. I, I, I agree with Adam. We were much more direct than in previous weeks. They were a lot snappier and a lot, a lot, um, a lot better on the break yesterday. But after maybe 20 minutes, that subsided and we became a bit passive again. And a bit slow in transition and it became a bit tedious in moments to watch. But I didn't see anything from Newcastle to back up what, what has been said on various media outlets over the years, over the last couple of months, where they are anywhere near close to winning a title. They're doing very well. They're up there in the top six and Eddie Howe's a great manager. But there's a lot of investment needed. They need to improve the squad hugely to be able to compete in the Premier League. And this, this is going to bust this horrendous stuff that people continue to say, that just because you've got rich... Arab or Emirati owners and that, that, that they're in charge of your club, that you will all of a sudden be title contenders. It takes a lot more than that. It takes a, a you know, really good blueprint over a consistent amount of years. And Newcastle have got a lot of work to do.
you're spot on. I mean, David, you've been playing in, you know, in different teams under different managers. Uh, we're just fans. We just watch from the outside and you might get a feeling as a fan, but you've been in dressing rooms. You've been among a group of players when you win a crucial game, you score a last minute winner or, or, or you lose a game in the last minute and it must affect you collectively. How, how, does, that, how does that work from a player's perspective? Um, well, I think it, I really do think it's massive. I mean, first thing is, I mean, I've got the pictures in front of me here. I, I think there's a group of fixtures that we could and should win every but win every game. But I was sat in the pub um, after the Arsenal after the Arsenal game a couple of weeks ago, and we said, "Well, the same." It was for 13, 14 games to go, and we said, "We'll, you know, win all those games and we'll win the league." And, and <laughs> Uh, and then we went to Forest and didn't, didn't win the game. So um, I, I was doing a bit of work yesterday. Um, I was had my phone. I was listening to the end of the Arsenal game. It, it was I literally went out in the car. It was two 0 um, and I thought this isn't over because you know how good the Arsenal team are and they are good. And, and I think Tack is a, a a really special player. Um, I thought this is you know this isn't going to end up two 0 and you you know the character that um, Arteta is bringing to that to that football. This is a massive challenge for us. Um, and I went into did a bit of shopping and and I came out of the shop and it was two one and then on way on my way home it was two all and then I was doing a bit of a couple of jobs in the garden and I've got the 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 game and and it didn't surprise me that you know they they came back at each. You know, this is a really, really strong group of players, and I, and, I, and it, it isn't coincidence. It, it, it's indicative of what what they are. So this is a this is a massive challenge. And when you you the, you know your question was, you get results like that, you start to massively believe in yourselves as, as a you know as a group of players. So we you know we've we've genuinely got a massive challenge on our hands. It's not it's not easy. You know, it's not as easy as saying you know we could win every game. Between now and the rest of the season, and, and not winning this league, you know, that that you know that is a genuine threat to us. Um, the the game against Arsenal is obviously it's quite late in the season. I think it's the back end of April, and, and it's it's quite obviously going to be a pivotal game. Pivotal game. If we lose that, I don't think we win the league. Um, I genuinely believe we we do win that game, um, and I do believe that the pressure. That comes on in the last seven or eight games. I think I'm right in saying in, in 2012, the, the point shift between us and United was crazy. I'm, I'm I might be wrong, and you you correct me. And one of the lads will. I'm, I'm pretty sure that at one point we were eight points ahead, and then was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, and then they and then United were eight points ahead or seven, and then and we still. Was, you know, do you know what, David? Sorry, it was when we lost to Arsenal, and Arteta scored the goal. Believe <laughs> right. it or not, the the point shift was madness, wasn't it? You know, we're, we're a sort of um, two thirds, three quarters away through the season, and, and it's only uh, ultimately it's two points in it. But where we are now, it's a, it's it's kind of a one game shift, and we've got to win the the, the Arsenal game. Um, we we got very very close at the end of the season, and we were eight seven or eight points behind, and then we're seven or eight points in front, and we and we. Went, went on and won that. It's too early to say, isn't it? But 
um, just as we had then in 2012. I mean, we've got serious, serious contenders there, haven't we? Um, we've got players, and we can argue all day long about whether we should have given, you know, title winners to title contenders, which we, is what we've done basically. I think, in, in fairness, I think he loves his players, doesn't he? And, and when he can't play them, I think he wants them to to be able to go on and, and, and have their, the, the best move they, they, they can have for themselves. We've also, um, we're competing against a, a coach, a manager who has gained brilliant experience at, at, at City. So it's a, I think it's just a really, really serious contenders um, in, in Arsenal we've got against us. Uh, I, I, I genuinely, before today, believed, and I said to you Ian the other night, Thought United was was still a threat. I think that threat's probably gone today. You know, in all honesty, we we you know United, are, Liverpool are, are probably you know a, re, a big threat to Spurs now in terms of you know the the, the top four position. So it's us and Arsenal um, now, uh, and it and it's a, an intriguing um, competition, if you like, between the two of us. Uh, and it's who who holds the nerve and who we we we're in a good run of form, I think, can't we? I think it's great to see um, Bill Foden hitting the form he's hitting. Uh, Grealish, obviously, in terms of his, his overall numbers, he, he you know he scored two and I think made six, which is brilliant. I think he's done really well. If he can add goals to his game, that'd be massive. Um, I, I hope Pep doesn't. This tinkering thing, it, I think it drives us all a bit mad um, in terms of left. I mean, the, the announcer team yesterday, and even um, I'm face on thoughts, but he, he had us playing. A, you know, it's almost like we, we just play three at the back now, and it, I'm saying, well, it's not going to be that. Surely Aki's going to, he's going to play left back, but it's almost assumed now we don't, don't play a left back. Um, I think the conference is going to be brilliant for the for the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. It's a genuine threat, a really, really genuine threat. Um, but but yes, just but just as much in as their um, last minute winner, a massive boost to them. Us playing against Newcastle, who, who were the the emerging threat, and being so comfortable in terms of the game, maybe not in terms of goals, but I think that's significant as well. And 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 suddenly having Three wins in a row is significant. We, you know, we've we've got momentum as well as they have. Yeah. Well, before I whip round the, the three of you, just to get a final thought on what trophies um, City are going to win this season. I like that bit. Uh, I like that bit. You know, every year. Just let, one more shout out to Howard Solicitors, who have Howard's who have uh, offices throughout Greater Manchester and Cheshire. Uh, they specialise in areas of law that affect the individual. So it's likely that if you need some help or guidance, then they'll have somebody to help you. Uh, 01618729999, law at howardsolicitors.com or the website is howardsolicitors.com. And I'm, I'm really appreciative of their support uh, doing this uh, weekly podcast. Next week, um, David Brightwell, possibly his brother Ian, are going to be with us, hopefully, fingers crossed. And now Quinn in a couple of weeks. So we've got a couple of good guests on the way. We try to have a, a variety and, and, and you know what, they're all great. Um, so uh, 
as always, David, thanks very much for your time. No I'm problem. going to whip around the three of you now, starting with Harlan. Um, three trophies, uh, Champions League. In fact, I don't know who it was. Was it Tommy Booth? Uh, Tommy Booth yesterday when I went on the tour, just remembered this now. We're in the dressing room. There's about 30 or 40 of us in this dressing room. And he said, just be interested to know what you think. Put your hands up if you could only win one trophy this season. Who would go for the Premier League? And it was about 50-50. And then 50% said the Champions League, which is a little bit of a shift, I would suggest. So I'm not going to ask you, although you suppose you could chip it in if you want, but I'm, I'm not asking you what you want, but what you think City will win. We're in the last 16 of the Champions League, draw against Leipzig, home leg to come, quarterfinals of the FA Cup, home game against Burnley. And you know where we are in the league, five points behind Arsenal. We've still got to play them. And uh, what about a third of the season to go? So, Harlan, um, yeah, be... the end, the beginning of middle of June, what trophy is going to be sitting on City's uh, table? Well, based on everything that I think us, us two, me and Adam and David have just eloquently said, I think if we were clear of Arsenal and we had a, a six-point cushion or something like that, I think we could put more into the Champions League. But I think uh, with how tight it is, and as David eloquently said, Denny, and with, with, the, with the point shift being only... Five points now, and us having to obviously beat Arsenal at home and win another game, and hope they drop more points than that in the future. I think that the longer it, the you know, we'll beat Leipzig. I'm, I'm fully confident of that at home. Uh, maybe get through the, the. I think a Champions League final, though, you, you're left with a juxtapose, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? You've got a Premier League game at the weekend, and 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 or, or shall I say, you've got a, a semi final. Even you've got a Premier League game at the weekend, you've got to win a semi final in in, in the midweek. I just feel like for this squad at the moment, we're not. It's not the squad it was a couple of seasons ago, and I don't think we're ticking like we were the season we got to the final against Chelsea. So I just I don't know. And then you've got some good sides in the Champions League. I can see us winning the league. And if I had to say, what do I think? What do I want us to win? Um, all of them, of course. What do I think we could win? Premier League and Champions League. What do I think realistically we'll win? Premier League and FA Cup. I think it's tough to expect us to win the Premier League and Champions League. I just think character-wise, we've got characters. I just think it'd, be, it'd take too much out of us. And I think if we win the Champions League, we don't win the Premier League. And for me, I'm, I'm Premier League side. Adam? Well, um, I mean, FA Cup, I really feel like we should win that when you, when you just look at home draw against a lower league team to go through. There's not a lot left in that competition. We should win that. We should win that trophy. Uh, the league... We've all just been talking about how tough it is and how on, on, you know, on the knife edge it is. But if I had to say who would win it in one word, I would say City will win that league. Um, and then the Champions League, it's always just, you know, a lot of very, very good sides all trying to win it. Um, we lost Cancelo, which, you know, can see, be seen as a blow. But on the other side of the coin, Rico Lewis has emerged to, to sort of offset that. I think this potentially is the best squad we've ever had. Uh, Haaland is an absolute machine. Uh, and I don't think if we if we can get ourselves together, I really feel like Pep is working towards how he wants to to play the last few games. I really feel like he's been tweaking and tweaking all season with a view to getting what he wants out of the end of the season. And so I'm going to say we'll win all three. That's my dream, obviously. Um, going to Istanbul in June, having won the other two and winning that and uh, making it the perfect, I think anyway, the perfect season. Um, but if I'm being honest, I think the FA Cup, 
Obviously, it's going to be between City and United, it feels that way, without taking anything for granted against Burnley or any other opponents. But it does, I can see there being an FA Cup final between City and United. I've just got that feeling that that's going to happen. Um, Champions League is the least predictable because it's a cup competition anyway, and there are some very good teams in it. And in terms of the Premier League, too tough to call. So I'm going to sit on the fence and say I don't know. What about you, David, to finish this off? Um, I think we're favourite for all three, are we not? In, Probably, the, yeah, yeah. So you have to. Um, I mean, looking. So you have to take all three in uh, on their own, don't you? I, I think looking at the fixtures, uh, I've not got Arsenal's fixtures in front of me to be honest with you, but um, there, there is no doubt we can go and win with the current um, vein of form we're in with. Uh, and I think like Foden's re-emergence is massive for us, and also the the back four seem to be sort of reformatting. Um, I think we can win all those games. I, I genuinely think we can. I, th I think it's not a run we've been on this season, but it's a run uh, not unusual for us over the last few years. It, it, you know, we we can go and win um, 12, 13 games. Um, no problem. I don't, and I don't necessarily think it, it would take that as long as you know, that big game in the middle of the, the Arsenal game or towards the back end that we, we do win. Um, FA Cup, I agree with you. I, I, I think um, I do have a feeling it's going to end up at some point. We'll meet United, and the winner of that game will win the FA Cup. Whether whether that's um, uh, well, it will be at Wednesday, won't it? Won't it? Because semi final or, or a final. Um, I think that they beat us the last time. It's our turn, our turn to beat them. I, I would, I would say. Champions League. I, I, I probably, in many ways, I'm less comfortable than I've been previously about Champions League. But you know, I didn't for one minute think we could not beat Chelsea. I, I, you know, I, I have to say that you know, if I'd have picked the team for that game, or you'd pick the team, or anyone. I mean, he, 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 on yesterday's well, he picked the wrong team. Well, he picked the wrong player for the position. Um, so, as much as I don't feel massively confident that we'll um, win in the Champions League, at some point we're going to do that. So why not this year? So, um, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me after not a brilliant season. I don't think Ireland's integration has been... I think there's been a it's disrupted us massively in some ways. I, I, I've got to say, I wish we were okay. But I think Harry Kane in that team, as opposed to Haaland, would have been a miles more sensible thing to do. I have to say that. Um, I don't like the short term, if that's a word, that this Haaland thing seems to feel like. It does feel like he's going to come in, score 100 goals, and go. Um, and, and I just think the deal, the hurricane deal, would have been miles better for us as a, as a, as a football club. Um, but maybe this is the season for us. Maybe, maybe yeah. it is. I don't know. I, 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 um, I, I, I'm, I'm confident we'll win at least two, two out of three of those competitions. And, and from my point of view, um, I'd surrender the domestic competitions to win the Champions League all day long because we haven't done that. And and. Um, and I think until this 
this group of players or this era of players wins a European trophy is when they can start talking about themselves in the same terms as Colin and, and Mike and, and, and Francis. You know, that's, that's what they did. Absolutely. Well, as always, David, it's been great to have you as a guest. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate you giving up your no time problem, tonight. And of course, uh, to Harlan uh, and to Adam. And uh, of course, there'll be another podcast next week. Check out the joint vlog that Harlan and I did. Have a look on YouTube. You'll find it under my name, but it's as much under Harlan's name as mine this week. Um, and have a great week. Obviously, there's no match now till Crystal Palace, which is next Saturday evening. I'll be down at Sellers Park, all being well, doing my usual stuff, running around the ground and talking to people. Um, and have a great week. Uh, there's a Youth Cup on Tuesday, by the way, since you're at home to Oxford. It's a seven o'clock kickoff. Uh, get down there if you can. It's great watching the youngsters uh, in the FA Youth Cup, and they're doing very well this season. So you can see who the next uh, recall Lewis is or the next Phil Fallen or whatever. So go and check that out. I'll be down there on Tuesday as well. Uh, so have a great week. And remember, only one thing, if you remember one thing, uh, you know, you might have a great memory as you get older, it starts to go. I know what it feels like. Just remember this. It's great to be a blue.